Welcome to Overthoughts. I'm your host, Jason Helms, and today I am joined by a plucky group of pop culture enthusiasts to talk about Avengers Infinity War. Dude, don't call us plucky because we don't know what that means. <laughs> and that voice you heard is our first guest. Kristen Lateral, uh, what do you do? Who are you? <laughs> I'm just, uh, I have lots of feelings. That's <laughs> about it. About many things. And, and I and wish hot, I could make it into takes. a professional. Yeah. I mean, they're yes. hot to me. Hot to uh, rarely to anybody else. They're but hot I, to I all force, yeah, I force people to listen to them, whether they like it or not, because I just talk louder than everyone else. So. And you've created a, a number of podcasts. A couple, yeah. What what are your what's your current project? Currently, uh, I'm working. We're I'm doing a podcast with my old. Well, I guess she was also my old podcast person. Um, so I used to do Electric Fan Cave, and now we're currently trying to work on one called Curious Courage, where we do things we've never done before and then talk about it. So. I'll let Corey know you called her old. So yes, please do. Yeah, wow. I hope I hope she's actually listening to this now and hears me call her that. So it's like the one thing I have over her is that she's older than me. So, Well, I'm excited about it. I'm sure we will be plugging it in the future. And that wow that you heard in the background, that was the voice of Sean Thompson. Hey. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm just dying over here because anytime I hear the phrase, I have a lot of feelings, I immediately think of one of my favorite movies, Mean Girls, and I really, really wanted to yell at you. She doesn't even go here. You didn't go here? It's true. I actually don't go here. So. Oh, my gosh. But somebody who does go here is Catherine Drake, a former student of mine. Uh, Catherine, say hi. Hi. I'm here. Perfect. You nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Catherine uh, did her thesis on the MCU. And transmedia? Am I getting that right? Wow. Yes, transmedia storytelling and serial storytelling. So Perfect. And the differences between them. Uh, it was yes. a, a wonderful thesis. I was privileged to be on the committee. And so uh, she is the biggest expert here. Uh, and I should put my bona fides out there uh, right away and say that I am actually uh, the least expert person here, I think. No, no. That's no. Hear me out. Hear me out, Kristen. Uh, <laughs> So I, I do have a PhD in comics, basically. However, <laughs> however, I, I know what a PhD is. Yeah. Lots of villains have them. I, I have not read Infinity War. Sean, you have. I have. I have not seen all of the MCU movies. I haven't wow. seen Ragnarok, and I haven't That's seen Guardians okay. of the Galaxy 2, because I have two be children hard. under the age of four. And oh. you know what? It's hard sometimes. It's, it's hard. Life is hard. And... So I think everybody beats me on that. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and cut Jason off here. We're going to continue yeah. so, the podcast. Hi, and just yeah. cut me out. We're going to just cancel you as host. So, hello everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Overthoughts. This is your new host, someone who has actually watched the movies we're going to be discussing today. What I lack in expertise, uh, I'm going to make up for in confidence. So yeah. uh, let me just announce that we are here to kick names and take ass. Yeah. Spoilers yeah, yes. ahead. Woo. Consider yourselves warned. Hey, it's Let's 2018. Get into it. You don't have to know what you're talking about or even be telling the truth for people uh, to believe you. I could lead the free is... world. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's do some individual reviews of Infinity War. Uh, what did y'all think? What were the highs? What were the lows? Uh, what are your takes? Okay, this movie was way funnier than I was expecting. Like, I was yes. expecting full action. And my biggest takeaways from the movie was, like... This is the funniest MCU movie I've ever, like, out of all of them. Like, I was in a packed theater, and I missed half of the jokes because we were laughing so hard throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah, Just no, me. I agree. <laughs> so funny. It was funny. I was surprised, but I was winning. 
I was had been emotionally preparing for weeks, you know? I was yes. like, okay, this is going to be rough. I'm going to lose some favorites. Yes. And so yes. I've got to really steal myself. And then I got in there and they kind of lure you into – I mean, it does actually start out pretty sad. But then as it goes, it's this mixture of sadness but total hilarious one-liners. And I'm a sucker for a good crossover. Even if I don't mm-hmm. watch the show, sometimes I'll just watch crossovers because I love it when people interact from different – shows for some reason. I can't explain why. So I was so, so pumped to have all of my favorite characters talking to each other. Um, and it, they didn't disappoint. You're right. They were all really funny. So Catherine, I saw you nodding furiously as she was talking about preparing herself. <laughs> so, so what preparation did you do for Infinity War? I had to accept the fact that my precious Loki, Tom Hiddleston, was most likely going to be departing. Oh my God, Catherine, I love mm. you so much. I had been preparing for a Loki swan song. And I had kind of guessed that it was going to happen real early, oh. and it did. So I was I had prepared for that. The rest of it, maybe not so much. Um, the girl who sat next to me and my husband in the theater, definitely not. She came for Loki and Groot. She was pretty devastated when we left. <laughs> um, oh, no. She was pretty devastated. But I have to say, I was um, impressed just by the fan reactions. So I went the Saturday of opening weekend. And um, I actually saw it twice that weekend. And both times, first time Cap was seen, applause. First time Black Panther was seen, (laughs) applause. And when um, Thor drops in in Wakanda, applause. So just the fact that the movie was generating that kind of response in fans was exciting to see. And then the film never stops. The pacing, it just keeps going. And it's devastation broken with, as you said, Sean, humor. And I think that's the only way that this film could really balance what it was attempting to do. When Groot gave the handle to the axe, to the hammer. Oh, that was I, great. Oh, that was my everything. Uh, that was it. It was so good. <laughs> so about Loki, I think that was the only that was the only thing I feel like I really got right in my guesses about what was going to happen in the movie. And I was glad that I mean I wasn't glad, but I was like, okay, like the the first five minutes of the movie, I think Loki's going to die and I'm okay with that because it's going to set such a tone of like, yeah, we're doing this. Like this is real. This is like happening. People are going to die. You're going to be sad, but it's also going to be funny. <laughs> they really, they really did a great job in the first few minutes. Cause the Russo's talked a couple weeks before the film came out saying that Thanos is like Darth Vader times a thousand. And that's a very dangerous statement to make. We wouldn't have Thanos if we didn't have Vader pulls a moon. How else would he do that? But I just feel like it's interesting how, you know, they had initially planned to kill Loki earlier and they decided to wait until this film. And it's great because you've got the Avengers where Loki started and he's just kind of been this mischief since we've gotten going. And it only makes sense that Thanos is going to put not only Loki in his place by killing him, but he's also going to assume his position as the big bad in the MCU. So. Yeah, uh, Loki's too lovable of a big bad. He is. He is. And too beautiful. Right? (laughs) Oh my God, those hips, you guys, I can't. (laughs) Maybe too beautiful for this world. Mm. So real quick, I want to get your guys' opinion because there were so many funny lines throughout this movie. It's it's what's been so memorable. It's just uh, looking back and remembering all these funny lines that I've even forgotten. I want to get everyone's favorite humor. Humorific? (laughs) What's the adjective I'm looking for? Comedic moment. I, I got mine. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, Rocket Raccoon. 
Oh, I'm going to get that arm. Yes. Yes. That's mine. That's mine. See, I loved it when Groot, you know, they show up and he looks at Steve Rogers and goes, I, you know, says, I am Groot. And Steve goes, ah, I am Steve Rogers. Oh, that's so good. Like, All great. With his hand kind of like on his I, chest. His I was like, oh, chest. God. Uh, I am Steve Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Dr. Was... Strange. Oh, we're using our made up names? That's, that's my favorite. <laughs> oh, and the part when he was like, when Peter's like, where is Gamora? And he's like, I'll do you one better. Who is Gamora? And Drax is like, I'll do, do you one better. Why is Gamora? And then, and then <laughs> Tony, started call, Tony started calling Ebony Moss Squidward. I was dying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was the best. That was so good in the very beginning. <laughs> Although I have to say, one of the biggest interactions I was hoping for in this film was I really wanted Tony Stark to get snarky with Rocket. I really, really wanted it. And I really oh. enjoyed... My rabbit, but I think I'll finally get my um, my moment and my interactions in number four. Yeah. Oh, there we go. The writers did a great job of pairing up the crossovers of who was going to interact with who. Like Peter Quill Absolutely. interacting with Tony Stark is amazing. Doctor Strange and Peter Parker. Uh, Rocket Raccoon with Thor. The whole and the Guardians and, and interacting with Thor was amazing too oh like my that's, gosh that's, that's a man perfect yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely perfect yeah thor just comes in and takes control <laughs> it was interesting because i felt like it was a little bit of old school thor you know like the one who was like hey i'm brilliant amazing you guys suck you know where i feel like i mean you didn't see ragnarok jason so you can just ignore this whole part yeah where he i don't know just seemed a little bit more like of a team player and was like you know like riffing with people and while he still had that humor with him he definitely was like no no I am in charge, like, fully. You're just going to do what I want, you know? Which I was like, he's, he wasn't as pushy in the last movie. So it was interesting to kind of see that kind of, I would say, first movie Thor come back into play a little bit with some of the choices that he made. For sure. It was it was definitely interesting. I'm curious to see what they're going to do because they kind of signaled out um, in the Wakanda fight scene. You see Thor comes in and just starts dominating. But it initially started off with Captain Rogers and Black Panther leading the charge. So there you got to see your demonstrated superhuman strength. And then you've got Thor as the god who's going to come in later. Now you've got Korg and Valkyrie who they survived the snap, according to the directors. So they'll be back. So it'll be interesting to see how other characters that they haven't shown, how they power match up to the ones that we've seen. And hopefully somebody can take down Thanos or at least just... Hold back, uh, Star Lord, to get the gauntlet off. Sorry, you know I'm so daunted <laughs> by your team. knowledge. <laughs> you were just you... dropping character names like not a thing. Sorry, yeah, rolls off the tongue. What was the most emotionally gripping scene for you guys or oh. moment? Come on, Peter Parker at the end killed me. Mm. It broke <sighs> me. He did a great yeah. job in that scene. Like I literally as bro- I, actually afterwards I couldn't even really talk about it because it made me so emotional. Like that kid should have won a freaking award for best death scene. Like it was so raw and so the, the, the child and like youth in him yes. and like the just vulnerability of like, I'm like, he's just like, I'm scared. Like, I yeah. mean, you yeah. know, like he's Spider-Man. So he knows what's happening. He's got this spider sense. It's like, going off the rails, but he right. doesn't really know what's happening. Oh, my God. Well, and it was, was that mixture. Yeah, and that, I think, too, so you forget, I think in this movie especially, yeah, he had some funny one-liners, but you sort of forgot. Like, he wasn't in the, like, high school setting. Like, you got to see him in, you know, Civil War or in um, Homecoming. And so you, there was a part of me that almost forgot how young he was until he was like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this, that part. And 
then reading afterwards how they didn't even really prep him. They were just like, so you're going to die. So just do that. And he, that's what Tom Holland came up wow. with. I was like, oh, yeah, put him in everything. Oh I'll watch whatever. He could like, you know, paint a wall. I'll watch it. It'll be amazing. But that and then Okoye's face when T'Challa goes like, hey, you know, goes to grab her and says like, oh, General, this is no place to die. And then he like, I was like, and her horror. And on then he just face. disappears mm-hmm. in that beautiful mm-hmm. camera move that they do. Oh, my gosh. Those two parts haunted me for days. Days. Yeah. Mine was um, actually when Aunt Robin died because I was really hoping. <laughs> I, I'm like still holding a candle for her and Barney. Robin and, sparkles, man. Uh, <sighs> no, seriously. Actually, that did hit me because I kind of love her character. Uh, it was, it was, it was uh, Gamora. Oh, yeah. Um, Gamora had a great And not, not her death, scene. but when she realized that Thanos loved her. And like the... Just the heartbreak of that, of being like, you do not understand what love is. In his own twisted way, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just- to me, though, it just made me feel icky. Because I was like, ew, that's how we're going to define what he did to her and, like, how he treated her? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. Well, yeah, that's his whole motivation here. And they've shifted it from the comics. And, Sean, we can talk about that in a second. But it's it, – they really humanized him. And I, I kind of enjoyed this motivation for him more than the comics. Um because it was, even if he's wrong, it's it makes sense. It's a and he believes he's it, right. Only yeah, he believes he's right, and he believes he's doing something good. Because nobody believes they're the bad guy, uh, and that's what's so unbelievable about most comic villains. Um, he believes he's doing something good. He's a, more of a Magneto, versus you know just snapping his finger and making more resources for everybody. Right? Just, about <laughs> half. just saying. Too easy. Just saying. Yeah, he kind of represents the 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 chaotic good to to a T in my mind. You know that he is chaos, but in his mind, he also he ultimately thinks that he's good, and he knows that he's he's so above and beyond people's understanding of life and death and all of that kind of stuff that you couldn't possibly understand what he's trying to do. And he, you know, he he really believes he's the good guy. And uh, we can get into the comics later, but that's such a more some of his motivation just seems so much more than than in just the comics where he's just trying to make somebody else happy or try to appease somebody else. Well, Sean, in time, you will know what it's like to lose. Yeah. To feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it, run from it. Destiny still arrives. And so let's uh, get to our thoughts on Thanos because I think we're there. Um, what, did, what did we all think about him as a character? I thought he was a really strong protagonist. Not antagonist, protagonist, because he wins in the end. Yeah. Our our heroes are the ones who are trying to stop him. And I think that this film did a really good job um, being Thanos-focused. They've been promising him all the way since Avengers 1. And I think they really delivered. They had to beat Loki, Killmonger, and Hela. They're rated as the three strongest, and they have those medieval royal family ties that I think intensify their believability. And I think Thanos came out literally swinging and I think they did exactly what they were looking to do. Yeah. That last shot of him watching the sunset and him just being at peace, it was shot in such a way that it felt like you were supposed to root for him. And it Mm -hmm. was, it was so interesting to see him recast as a hero in that moment. Yeah. I liked the, the, the story arc of his character of, yeah, by the end you were, you were a little like conflicted about him. Like you, you started to sympathize with him a little bit. At least I did. Um, of just understanding kind of more of his motivation, I guess, toward the end. Um, 
not necessarily agreeing with him, but more just like, oh, he's not evil. He like thinks he's doing is good rather than just like, oh, I'm just a ter- terrible person and I want to kill all the people, half the people in the universe. He has a reason for it that he believes is like a greater good, which I thought was was pretty pretty cool to see them make that kind of arc of his character. Yeah, I <laughs> I did not think any of those things. I didn't like him at all. Um, yeah, Fair like enough. I yeah. <laughs> so I, I I know they were trying. I felt like they were trying to cast him as like, oh, he really thinks what he's doing is good, and I just didn't buy that because again it did come down to that part with Gamora when she's like oh sucker like now you've lost and he's like no no you don't understand like I love you and I'm like they I think they I feel like they tried to fake you into thinking something about him like feeling for him when in reality I was like no 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 like he has it all twisted his motivations are twisted so whether or not he what he thinks is doing is right I'm like there's plenty of people in the world who think what they're doing is the right thing and it's a total awful thing to do and so for me I still didn't buy into that at the end I was pissed it to me it was back it was so annoying to me the whole movie where I'm like I didn't ever feel like there was a point where we were like where the heroes were ever going to succeed like at every point he had them beat like the only time I felt a little bit of like oh maybe now was like when Thor landed in Wakanda I was like oh this is like kind of a cool moment but the rest of the time I was just like I mean, we're just going to get our our asses kicked again. Like it was to me, it reminded me when I watched um, Superman, um, whatever that one was called, the first one with Henry Cavill and he's fighting and it's just like them beating the crap out of each other for an hour. And you're like, okay, I get it. You guys are indestructible and you're just beating up on each other. Like we get it. This is like a futile effort to try to kill Thanos. And so for a lot of it to me, I was like, let's just wait for the fact that he's probably going to win. Yeah, I I will say my response to that is I think because I had just I had just reread the comic before I saw it, and his motivation in the comic is like there's Lady Death and she's in charge of death and you know all that kind of in the world, and he's just in love with her, and so he's trying to get the Infinity Stone so that he can wipe out half the you know half the universe to appease her, which in that context is like such a super lame. I mean, you get away with it in the comic book because it's a comic book. And Jason, you can maybe talk more about villain uh, motivations in comic books better than I can, but like, okay, like this is a little far-fetched and it's comic book world, but in, in a film, you need something a little more concrete. And the idea of a more philosophical uh, extremist of, you know, there's, there's always going to be constant, uh, lack of resources in the world. It's just a reality of being humanity and cravings and all that kind of stuff. It's him wanting to level out the playing field so that every the people that are still there can live in abundance was a little bit, for me, like a much better motivation than the comic book itself. Well, from one unlikable character to another, Kristen, I hear you, uh, I hear some people have been coming for Star-Lord and you and you got some thoughts. <laughs> I have many thoughts about it, you guys. Okay, <laughs> so many thoughts about my sweet Star-Lord. Okay, so coming out of it, you know, when you first see that scene where you're like, you know, where you're like, uh, just don't tell him what happened to Gamora. If we can just get, a look, get away with him not finding out, this will be okay. And so I don't deny the fact that he super screwed up, obviously. Like, that's a, fine. Obviously, I know that. But at the same time, I feel like people are unfairly placing the entire weight of this whole mission that, you know, all of these storylines were trying to stop Thanos and everybody's like, oh, well, if only Star-Lord had got, you know, kept his ish together. And I'm like, OK, but in reality, every single hero in this movie 
made a terrible decision at one point. Nobody's giving Gamora shit for the fact that she, you know, was like, oh, you better swear on your mother that you'll kill me. And then at the second where it comes down to it, like, all right, Thanos, I'm going to take you directly to the stone. And also, you know, twist of fate, it's I'm the only person who could take you to it. I mean, she didn't know that part. But no one's like, no one yells at her for making what I would call to be the selfish choice, much like Star-Lord. Tony is like, at the time when he makes the decision, has, you know, the wizard and the kid as his backup to take the time stone directly to Thanos. To what? Prove that he doesn't need, what, anybody to help him because he doesn't want to involve anybody else? Like, what? He's being the same Tony that he's always been where he tries to take it all on himself and nobody gives him crap for that. Nobody's... You know, at the end, the only person that gives Thor any crap for going, not going for the kill shot is Thanos being like, oh, you should have gone for the head buddy because he can still do it. But it's that same Thor who wants to see the look on Thanos's face and be like, dude, I got you. Instead of just killing him and being over with it, he wants to have his moment of like, I want you to see me kill you. When instead, that's not what we needed, dude. We needed you to go for the kill shot, much like we needed Quill to do the one thing that he needed to do. And I know Loki was technically a bad guy, but no one seems that pissed at Loki that he didn't just leave the Tesseract on Asgard and let it get destroyed in the last movie. (laughs) And everyone's just like letting it out. It's just Loki. I'm like, yeah, that was a dick move. He should not have done that. And nobody does. Nobody gives him crap for it. And everybody's like, oh, it's all Star-Lord's fault if Star-Lord had just held it together. I'm like, he's the most human person in this whole freaking movie. Like, I don't relate to anybody as much as I did relate to Peter in that moment. When the love of his life, he finds out that she's dead, of course he loses it. And everyone's like blaming him. I was like, tell me the last time where somebody died and your grief didn't overcome you and you didn't make some really dumb decisions. Not excusing it. I'm just saying that we're not, we're giving grace to every single other character who made a selfish choice and acted in their own interests instead of being selfless, which is what we asked of our heroes. And yet he's the one that's getting all the blame for ruining what was already, let's, admit it, a really shit plan. Like, the chances of that working were not great. And if he was the person it was relying on, that's almost their fault for relying on him. Because let's be honest, he goes with whatever he's feeling in the moment. He did come up with it. And it doesn't act out great for him. Two things. Two things. First, I think Catherine was pointing out that that was actually his shit plan. Yeah. Uh, and so two. Even worse. Two. That he went with his shit plan. That shit plan was all part of Doctor Strange's master plan because dr strange saw the future right out of 14 million possibilities the only way that this works out well is if star lord freaks out and he knew that that had to happen and that had to be part of it so then why is everybody getting so mad at him that i i'm I'm on your back i I got your got your side there we warned you she has a lot of feelings people i have many feelings you guys i could go on for days (laughs) how many more people do you want me to blame for all of the mistakes in this movie no, Look, but... I'm on your side. Andy Dwyer can do no wrong in my side. Right? And he just wanted to be cool like Thor. Aw, you guys. His I, deep voice I, was just so wonderful. Everybody wants to be cool like Thor. I just can't wait until we can pull the rest of the MCU into this and get Legion involved. Because then Andy and April back <laughs> together, <laughs> finally. Because... All of my references are evidently decade-old sitcoms, so that's where I'm at. That's fair. Uh, I mean, when you haven't seen the last end of the MCU, I guess you can only go back a decade with old sitcoms, right? Heyo. Ah, okay. Let's uh, let's talk to a real expert then. How dare you, (laughs) Sean? No, no, no. 
I, I'm the fake one. Oh, oh, oh. I'm the fake one. Okay, <laughs> correct. A, I agree. There's a cell phone. Sean, I apologize. Tell us more. Uh, Sean, t- tell us about the comics. Um, what are, uh, if you want to give us any background to them or uh, how they shaped the, how you interpreted this uh, this movie. And then in a bit, we're going to talk about the ending, and you can maybe tell us how the comics will shed some light on that. Sure. So uh, this movie was roughly based around two comics, um, Infinity Gauntlet, uh, written in 1992, I think, I want to say off the top of my head. And then Infinity War, which was a, a few years later. I don't actually know the date off that top of my head. Um, so Infinity Gauntlet is 1991, where he has the stones. He's, uh, and it's interesting because that comic starts off with the infamous snap, which we'll get to later. Um, so half the universe is gone, including half of the Avengers. The other ha- Avengers uh, plan an attack. They go to where he is to try to obviously take him down. Um, but what was really cool, and, and the stories there are completely different because different characters, some of them are X-Men, and some of them, you know, Silver Surfer and Fantastic Four, you know, whole other world of different characters from different franchises and different stuff. But what was really cool is that a, the, the Russo brothers added a lot of nods and touches from the comics that were really, really cool to see if you have read uh, the comic itself. Uh, Infinity Gauntlet comics starts with the Silver Surfer crashing into the um, New York Sanctum where Wong and Doctor Strange are warning, and he says, Thanos is coming, Thanos is coming, which was really cool what they did with Bruce Banner um, when Heimdall, right before he dies, oh, that was really sad. Um, oh, that too, I forgot about Heimdall. Right before he <laughs> kicks the, right before he's about to basically end Hulk, Bruce Banner, uh, Thanos is, uh, Heimdall uses the rest of his life power to send him flying back to Earth you see him crash into this, uh, the the sanctum, and it was really cool. It was basically it was shot for shot from the comics. And he, you know, Bruce Banner wakes up. He says, "Thanos is coming." Thanos. Is coming. So was, there's a lot of cool, really small little nods there. You know, there's a shot of uh, Spider-Man shooting web in Thanos's face, which is right in the comics. Uh, Nebula getting tortured is straight out of the comics when he, you know, he's torturing Nebula, and um, some of the stuff he does with the Reality Stone. When he turns Mantis and Drax into like blocks and spaghetti, like another nod. Um, so they did a really, really cool job of like giving all of these nods throughout the movie to the original comic. That if you've read it, was like, oh yeah, I remember that part. I remember that part. That was that was really cool. But yeah, it's really interesting because I thought this movie was going to be about him trying to get all the stones, but ne- not necessarily getting them all. And then the second movie was about him getting them doing the snap at the beginning, and then them trying to reverse it all. Um, and they totally threw me off on that. I think they threw all of us off on that, in that he ends up getting them all, and this movie ends with the snap. And now the next movie is going to be about reversing all of that or what have you. We can talk about that. Um, so they did a really good job of keeping that under wraps of what was going to happen in this film. Next movie is going to be about Ant-Man and Wasp. <laughs> there it is. But Where have you been? And where was Jeremy Renner? All, yeah. Where was Jeremy Renner? True. Where's Hawkeye? They were all at or... home with their families. Remember, they touched on it for like two seconds, yeah. guys. That, is, but that's he not be, is he Ronan now? Is he Hawkeye? Who is he? You know, we don't know. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, super geek. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, Nerd alert. so there's a big world out there. And and Catherine, can you can you make it bigger for us? Um, <laughs> I mentioned earlier that you you did your thesis on the MCU. Not just on the movies, but also on the TV shows. That's mainly, I'm thinking, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, are any of the Netflix shows related to the MCU at all? Um, unfortunately not. They went a little bit of a darker route. I'm not sure if 
Kevin Feige has come out and said that, you know, there is a possibility of everyone being included um, in what was Infinity War. But since Avengers 4 could be bigger, it would be a great time to do a drop or a reference. Um, It wouldn't even take much. You just have to go through the streets of New York and, you know, take some key shots of Jessica Jones looking up if you wanted to tie them in. I'm hoping that we potentially foresee S.H.I.E.L.D. continuing on with Avengers 4, and it's going to be interesting based on the release of Season 6, what exactly that narrative is going to entail as the future moves forward. So where are we at now in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., since I have not watched in like three seasons? Currently in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they have Coulson and his team have gone into space. They've also time-traveled to the future, where the world was destroyed by Quake. So this entire season has been essentially seeing if they can alter the timeline, change the future. And the finale will air tomorrow night, as a matter of fact, on the 18th of May. And it's called The End. It is supposed to take place at the same time as an Infinity War. In the penultimate episode, they did just name drop Thanos as being the ultimate villain for this season and more like the whole series. So it'll be interesting to see. The team's going to have to come to a choice of either um, stopping the season's villain or saving Coulson. So we'll see. It'll be interesting since Coulson was the initial glue. I know. Uh, Let Coulson die. He can come back. (laughs) so easy. He just comes back over and over. It's fun. Um, the man who, he dies more than anybody else. Yes. <laughs> so with, I think it was um, Captain America uh, Winter Soldier that they they interweave really well with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is that the one, Catherine? I believe so. Yeah, and, and so there were episodes leading up to it, and then as soon as it came out, uh, the episodes after it came out were also kind of in conversation with it, and really, uh, I liked Winter Soldier a lot, I thought it was a good movie, but... It, it almost didn't work without the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes. They were really, really good and really uh, filled out that world uh, a ton. So uh, that'll be cool to hear if, uh, if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. continues that run. It will definitely be interesting. Based on the events of Infinity War, there are all kinds of rumors for what we can expect tomorrow, whether or not they're going to end with people just all of a sudden. Um, I've been calling it Voldemorting since it looks like that effect was used again. <laughs> um so we don't know if that'll happen. Um, there is some talk that maybe they'll just alter the timeline on S.H.I.E.L.D. first, and then the MCU will maybe course correct in number four for Avengers um, and catch back up. But I'm hoping for Coulson to, I don't know, I'd like to see him make an appearance in Avengers 4. I think it would be a really nice way to kind of tie the television in with the film's if fans are interested, they could just tie it off really, really nicely in terms of how's he alive? It's a long story. If fans want to know, they can go back and watch at that point five seasons of S.H.I.E.L.D. If they want to know what's going on in the MCU on a daily basis or at least a weekly basis. So I will jump in. I just read this today and I actually didn't know this. And maybe this is getting too far into the podcast. We'll come back to it later. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, Greg Clark, Agent Phil Coulson, is in the Captain Marvel movie. Yes. Yeah, because the movie's set in the 90s, and so is Ronan, right? It's Ronan and Captain Marvel. Ronan, Captain Marvel. 
I'm hoping that um, Agent Ross might make it in there, too, because they mentioned in Black Panther oh. that he was uh, an air pilot, and he's got some gray right yeah. now. So let's oh, take no. that out and put him in, and let's see him in action. Good Just saying. I'd like to see that. Ooh, I would like that. Ugh. I mean, I'll take Martin Freeman in anything, pretty much, so it's good for me. And that's the uh, pull quote we're using. Um, so, uh, all right. Uh, let's, uh, we've, we've kept it fairly light. So let's talk about the ending. Uh, how, how do you feel? How, how did, okay. I guess we should start with Laddie if you can get to oh the gosh, feels. I can't. So many you guys, seriously, like I said, like broke, like a, I was a broken person. We actually went directly to a bar after watching the movie. Oh. Because um, I was like, you guys, I need some kind of drink to a hand. Like, my emotions just need to be suppressed. Um, because it was just awful. I mean, like I said, I'd been emotionally preparing for like, okay, here we go. At least one to two of the big three, right? So that would be Thor, Iron Man, Captain America. I was like ready for one of them. You know, I'm like, this is kind of their time. You know, they've been on all these movies, and so I'm ready for it. But I was not prepared for Peter Parker or T'Challa. So then I was like, or all, almost all of the Guardians. Or, or Groot <laughs> dying again. All of them. Yeah, right? or Gamora. Like, I wasn't prepared for all of that. So I think, <laughs> I mean, all of my preparation was for not because I was just a sad person <laughs> at the end. And I'm trying to, you know, it's one of those things where, you're, you know, people are like, oh, some people are like less worried about it because there's some people are going to come back. I'm like, that doesn't make it any less traumatic to see people disintegrate into nothing. And the people who are left behind is really to me like, yeah, freaking Tony Stark sitting on that. I'm like, how is he going to get home? He's like stuck on this planet. Does he even have a ship? Like, I'm very worried about that. And he's all by himself. And yeah, what is happening? And then poor freaking Rocket is the old. Mm. <laughs> Someone posted something, I think, a few days later that was like <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And it was just like a raccoon sitting in like the middle of the road by itself. <laughs> I've seen that. And I was like, oh, oh my God. No. I've seen it also advertises <laughs> the Guardian. And then it's just him by himself. Guardian. <laughs> it's so yeah. sad. Oh. Okay. So, it's so sad. Oh, for me, it was actually the opposite. Uh, T'Challa and Spider-Man dying were the ones that gave me hope. Uh, and it was because I see all these yeah. people die. And the second I see T'Challa die, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Marvel actually likes me. Yeah. So we're going to be yeah. fine. Yeah. Marvel likes money. <laughs> totally, oh, Spider-Man, you're killing Spider-Man now? No, I'm good. Don't worry. Yeah. No. No. yeah. I'll see, I'll see you in nine months. We just fought hard for those rights. We just fought hard to get him back. He's, he's yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Well, to, it's more just like I kind of was hoping one of the big three would be gone. So then I didn't have to lose like at least all of them in the next movie. Yeah. You know, that's what's kind of. Dude, I've been calling for Tony. For months. I've been hoping for Tony and the poster was so misleading. You have like the Christ-like figure motif. He is the godfather of all of this. And I've really been hoping, especially based off of the relationship we have seen them form between Peter Parker and Tony. You've got this new character who's finally home. He's got this father figure. Please take it away from him so that fans and Peter can suffer together. We'll bond with him more, and we'll go see his movies. I'm I'm seeing the long game, so I'm hoping for a nice reversal. I know there are some people who want Tony to live out happy days with Pepper Potts, but I have my mm-hmm. issues with Pepper. So <laughs> <laughs> more like what? I have a I have a bigger issue with Gwyneth Paltrow. 
So yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> that seems like a weird thing to take a take emotion with, but that, yeah, that's you do yeah. you. Okay, sorry, Sean, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was just say I think for me because I I was fully expecting I was expecting the snap to happen, but I wasn't expecting it to happen to the next movie. I thought this was going to be the culmination of him getting all the stones, and that was would, would be the end. Is like he gets the last one, end of movie, boom. Uh, some Captain America dies. That was how I thought this movie yeah. was going to end. He hits yeah. Cap once he's got all the stone, and there we are. And so once it happened, for me, it was like, oh, they're doing this now. This isn't <laughs> happening in a year. This is Starting happening now. And Bucky. so immediately, goes. yeah, knowing oh, what that. Oh, Bucky. Oh, that was. And, so I, and, I, and I almost don't know what is worse is knowing what's going to happen or seeing it unfold. Like I'm thinking of my, the people that I saw it with that didn't read the comics and know what was going on. Or me sitting there, I'm like, oh my god, half the Avengers are about to die, and like in a, in the next five minutes, and so you're like, they cut to the Guardians, and I'm like, it's Sophie's choice. Who's it going to be? Is it, it's going to be Rocket so, or Groot? Did <laughs> you know? <laughs> did you know which one, or was that also was that a surprise to you? No, I didn't know I who was going to die. So they show, you know, they they cut to the shot of you know Peter Quill and you know Star Lord and Spider Man and Tony. I'm like. Crap, two of these people are going to die. Who's it going to be? I don't really know. Either way, it's going to be sad. And so you're just yeah. immediately just this anxiety just like rode over me. I was like, oh, this is going to suck. And then Spider-Man happened and I was just about, oh. I literally started crying. I was like, yeah, that, that kid is scared for his life and with good reason. I went in representing like three different characters based on what I was wearing and none of them made it out alive. It oh. was not good. <laughs> it was a tough day. So it's your fault. I know, right? I, I uh, condemned them just by supporting them. I think I was so emotionally numb by the end because I had expected to lose some. But after, I mean, like I said, all three that I wanted to go see disappeared. And again, they like money. So I know some of them are coming back. Um, right. Yeah. And I feel like there was, at least for me, since I do a lot of reading and I keep up with their posts and like casting announcements, it is a little sad in that my view is always going to be a little tainted because I know they're going to have another Spider-Man. I know they're going to have yeah. another Black Panther. So for fans who don't know that, I'm interested to see how they went in, especially like some Black Panther fans where they just saw Black Panther. It was awesome. It's great. And then you go back to yeah. Wakanda and it's like, we opened our borders. There's nothing left. Oh, crap. <laughs> About that. And now it's gone. And now Shuri's left there where... I'm really excited to see what they do with her character because in Black Panther, you saw how devastated she was when she had just lost her father, thought she lost her brother. Well, now it's only been, I don't know how long, maybe within a month. And now she's lost him again and is likely going to be queen. So I really want to see a struggle there. I'm really mostly excited to see the hurt and the pain. And I know that sounds really bad, (laughs) really bad when you think about it. But I think that that's where you're going to get all of the golden interactions in Avengers 4. I'm wondering, since this one did have a lot of those comedic one-liners, which I do think in one sense is kind of what we've come to expect from the MCU, especially when we're comparing it to something like the DCEU. Um, But I'm wondering how much comedy we'll be seeing in that film versus some real heavy deep moments and interactions between characters like yeah. Tony, like, who yeah. will have just lost Peter Parker. He we've seen him feel responsible for someone he didn't know in um, 
Ultron, I think. The Yeah, when he's reflecting on what happened in um, Ultron. So now that we've lost Peter, how's he going to feel? We just had Rocket um, lose oh. root, where I don't know if anybody has too. seen, but oh the director God. of Guardians, head producer of Guardians, James Gunn, came out. I got hit. I got hit by, like, the PTSD effect of um, Infinity oh War God. because then I read that Groot's last words <laughs> oh I my God. It's translated fine. to dad as his final words to Rocket. I did. And I was like, at work, I was like, I have to take a break. Like, what? Like, the next six hours. Yes. Oh, How sad God. is oh. that? He reaches out no. and says, dad. James Gunn does. Wait, Captain, That's it. Captain, you speak Groot? No. I mean, it wasn't elective. <laughs> you weren't there? You weren't James there in Gunn. TCU? I thought you taught that. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, my, my independent study on Groot. Um, <laughs> but by the way, just in passing, uh, Shuri is such a cooler character in the comics. Like, love yes. her. Love her in the movies. But I, they've I'm, undersold her. I'm hopeful that she's like that, literally the smartest girl in the world. And like the smartest person. And a in the warrior. World. Like, just and a, a warrior. badass. Awesome. I love that actor brilliant so, so many much. So I'm really ones. excited. Not just the uh, like shorthand brilliance of, look, she can do computers. Boom. It's like these really insightful things that they do with her. Um, so I'm hopeful that without T'Challa, maybe she'll be able to shine a little bit more. So that when he returns, because he will, then, you know, they, they can stand as more as peers. Um, so speaking of, who's coming back? Everybody disappeared? I don't think Loki's uh, coming back. No, Loki's gone. Thanos even said no resurrections this time. Um, I'm pretty sure Gamora's not coming back, right? Because she seems like pre... Welcome to the serial world. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, really? Okay, see, I'm most positive about Peter and... She's actually the one I'm most hopeful about coming back. I think most positive about. Really? I've, I've heard things. Simply, well, from a film franchise and money perspective, yes. Black Panther and Spider-Man coming back are a given. The only reason, from a comic book perspective, and, and Jason might be able to back me up on this, is because she was thrown to get the Soul Stone, I heavily believe she's in what's called Soul World, which is like the, the world that it, souls go to that are taken by the Soul Stone, essentially. But, Jason, am I explaining that right? Uh, that sounds right to me, and I was never a big Avengers guy. Um, in, yeah. When I was in middle school and high school and reading a lot of this, uh, X-Men were much, much more popular uh, than Avengers, and that's where I was at. But the the issue there is everybody who was taken into the Soul Stone did the Voldemorting, and Gamora mm-hmm. just got like like blown up yeah. on the ground. Like, yeah, I, she looked real yeah. dead. She didn't look like she yeah. was in Soul World. <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> she got I'm dead. I'm worried. I'm. I, I Do really we want like spoilers Gamora. or no spoilers? You guys choose. Do you want info or not? Oh, is she yeah. back? Yeah, tell me. So. No, I don't want to know. So, well, oh. take your headphones out then, buddy. Don't don't cover your spoilers. Ears. Gotta gotta take headphones out. Um, so the Russos have confirmed that if you watch um, where she's talking to Thanos as a child, if you look at the color of that scene, it's very light orange. They're supposedly in the Soul World. So you are uh, correct, which I was sitting there hoping because Gamora's death was so well done uh, and it was pre-snap. Yeah. I was hoping that it would potentially be final, but I'll be happy to see her return if that is where they go. So you're good. You're good. Welcome back, Lottie. And, Hello. Uh, 
people who fear spoilers, uh, I really did not expect Gamora to actually be the same person as Thanos. That's really interesting. Uh, thanks for sharing that, Catherine. Um, <laughs> no problem. Anytime. And Kaiser Sosa. So, uh, now, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yay. Okay. I was like, what the fork? Why did I take those out? Okay. <laughs> Holy forking shirt balls. Holy forking shirt balls. Oh my gosh. Balls. Sean, let's be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> This so, is the bad place. Oh. <laughs> I saw so many this is the bad place memes about Avengers. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, oh, yeah. So true. So is everybody that's currently live going to stay alive? Are we going to lose one of those big three? It seems like that's that's where we're at. No, okay. We're going to lose yeah. one yeah, of the big three. That, I feel like that has to be a given now, but maybe they'll, and, they're just effing with us more. Right. But I mean, and everyone who realistically in the back. real world, real world, uh, Chris Evans is done. His yeah. contract is done. Yeah, he's his, done. His contract was technically done after this movie, and then they signed him on for some stuff in Avengers 4. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is done. Um, I don't know about Chris Hemsworth, where his contract status is, but... There, there's like four he's, other Hemsworths. We'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> his brother played Hemsworth him in, in Ragnarok, which you would know if you'd yeah. seen it, Jason. So technically, he could, you know, just take over. Hemsworth has gone on record and said that he is up with his current contracts. However, if they were to choose to continue forward, he will um, reprise the role or would be interested. I would be most curious um, to, to see what happens with him. Just because, so if you look at the franchises that they've had over the course of the MCU, it's gone very cosmic. Um, the first step to that was going to be grounding this otherworldly place that they did with Asgard. They went ahead and made Thor a humanoid, an alien, for the greater purpose. And as they expanded, you got more cosmic introductions, such as the Guardians. And I feel like Thor's franchise really had changed the most to keep up with the new direction, where they wanted to go. And you see that influence, I think, the most in Ragnarok, where it feels a little more James Gunny. I'd be curious just because not only do we have the killing of Loki in the beginning of Infinity War, we also have the end of half of Asgard as a people. So I'd be curious to see if we finish off with that um, metaphorical death almost of that first idea, the first concept of what this world was going to be, especially as they've announced that they're most likely going to move forward with an Eternals um, Phase four or phase five, one of the two. Yep. So, nice. based right. on where they're going, that that worries me. Because um, listen, it's it's a simple calculus, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe seems infinite. But my attention span, as mm-hmm. we've clearly covered, is finite. And if the MCU is left unchecked, my attention will cease to exist. It needs correcting. And so, who lives? Who dies? What are our top three MCU who movies tells of all time? Your story. Oh, sorry. No, we're not doing Hamilton. Sorry, I got distracted. No, we're doing March Madness. Uh, who, what, okay. what, what is it? If, if we only get three MCU movies, what are they? Top three? Top three. And I think we need to oh, come up I with them collectively. Done, so I'll go first. Oh, go for it. Because I've, I've, I've thought heavily about this, and I've done some... <laughs> Um, Infinity War is number one. We all need to do that quiz. Uh, Infinity War was number one. I mean, I need to see it again at least five more times, but my initial feeling when I walked out of the theater was like, that's the best MCU film I've I've seen. It was fun. It was funny. It was heart-wrenching. It was emotional. My number two is Civil War. 
I freaking loved Civil War. It was what Avengers Age of Ultron should have been in terms of an awesome Avengers movie. And this one, this one surprised me because I, I, if I was to just put together a list, I don't think I'd put this one together. But like I said, I did a quiz and it told me that this is my favorite one, their favorite. <laughs> um, Guardians 1. I really, really like Guardians 1. So just funny. And I, I mean, I love Peter Quill. I love Star-Lord. I love Chris Pratt. I love that. Whole, I mean, the movie is just hilarious. It's just a great cast, funny story, and very, very touching at the end. Like, just a very, very raw emotional moment at the end. So, Iron Man 2, <laughs> Thor, Hulk. Thor 1, and the Incredible Hulk, Edward Norton version. Okay. Uh, okay. And I think we're good. Which was actually when the MCU began. A lot of people think it started with Iron Man, but it was actually... Can I change my answers? That Edward um, <laughs> Fantastic Four, there you go. Fantastic there you Four, go. Rise of the Silver yep. Surfer, yep. and yep. Fantastic Four Reboot. Boom. Nailed it. I was, it was funny when you mentioned that the Fantastic Four were in Avengers. I was thinking, oh, that would be difficult because Flame was played already by two other people who are right. in Isn't this. that awesome? They, they upgrade. Yeah. They Do you know that they wanted – Chris Evans was so about. close to coming on for um, Deadpool number two. Chris oh, Evans that surprised been, his yeah. Flame on. Fantastic Four role. But he did it. I wish he had. So they could come back into the MCU. Who knows? So so I'm going to do just a quick plug while we're talking Fantastic Four for John Hickman's run on the Fantastic Four, um, which has just one of the best lines ever. Um, When uh, Franklin Richards comes in as a badass and has Galactus as his servant. It is freaking incredible. So yeah. John Hickman's run on the Fantastic Four is phenomenal, and he was on my dissertation committee. Uh, Catherine, making him your academic grandfather. Um, So to bring things all back together. Uh, While we're doing plugs, Sean, where'd you find that quiz? Uh, Yeah, so a coworker of mine actually made this little fun little uh, quiz app in his spare time um, that has actually been featured on a couple of comic book websites. It's really cool um, because we talk about this all the time of ranking our MCU movies, and we get in debates about them at work. Um, and what it does is it takes all of the 18, 18? Yeah. 19 currently. MCU movies, and it does it like a head-to-head competition for you. So the first question will be like, did you like Thor 2 or better or less than Spider-Man Homecoming? And so you can click Spider-Man Homecoming, and it'll go through all of the matchups in, uh, you know, all the possible combinations of head-to-head matchups, and then it'll put them in order based on this like algorithm of, of what you chose in all the head-to-head matchups. So it's really, really cool. It's kind of fun. Um, we'll link the. We'll put the link in the show notes for you to to go and do it. I, I need to go watch a few more movies before I can take that quiz. Evidently, so. I know. I can't believe you're using Ragnarok. I know. I'm actually horrified by that. It's just. <laughs> it really actually hurts my heart a little bit and my feelings. <laughs> Is it going to make your top three? Ragnarok. Oh yeah. Oh, do it. Let's hear it. Let's Tell hear it. Yeah. So Guardians. The first Guardians is my number one. Nice. I just love it so much. Um, see, uh, yeah. And then I put Ragnarok at number two. And then I did a three and a three A because I feel like I'm able to do that because there's really, this isn't like real school. Um, I did. Finite I, resources. I, Finite I resources. We can't all live. I don't care what you say. I, I, I do my own thing. Like I said, I have too many feelings to contain in this top three. And honestly, I'm not even married to this as my top three, but I just wrote them down because I wanted to complete the assignment. Um, I wrote Black Panther and Winter Soldier. 
Black Panther's my number four. Yeah, I really love Winter Soldier because it's like a spy movie kind of, and I love spy movies, so. There's actually 19 movies. I apologize, everybody. Okay. I think that's what Catherine said, but no one was listening to her. I was listening. I was. <laughs> I, I want to I make, make clear you. that I nodded furiously. Listen, when she listen to women, people. Uh, Come on. I heard you. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, okay, Catherine. And Catherine, what's yours? So it's so tough. It's so tough. Um, I'm not going to say them in any particular order because I have, I mean, if I had a VHS tape of some of these, they wouldn't work anymore. <laughs> Let's see. I That's absolutely love Black Panther. I really love Guardians of the Galaxy. I found that I watched the second one more than I thought I would, um, but not top five. I loved uh, Civil War since it was our first, well, I can't even say it was the first crossover because it's not, but it was the first larger scale um, since the originals. So Mm -hmm. I was really excited to see that. It's also Black Panther's uh, introduction. If you don't include the suggestion of, um, him with Claw in Age of Ultron, but I would I'm gonna have to go with those. So I'll say Black Panther, Guardians, and Civil War. The original Thor is very very close, and I'm sure Infinity War will grow to be one of the favorites as as I come to terms with it. But like yeah. I said, after yeah. after hearing Groot's final words, might be holding off on that tear fest for a little while longer. So that's rough news, James Gunn. Spare us. So, my real answer then, um, I'm going to say Iron Man, Avengers, Black Panther. And the closest one there was Guardians of the Galaxy, which it sounds like has to be on the uh, the unanimous list. That we yeah. all think that that yes. is mm-hmm. one of the best. Uh, and the reason I chose those three is they each, uh, for me, innovated. They each did something really new. Iron Man starting the whole thing out. It was, you know, I had never seen a comic movie like this. It just blew me away. Avengers, you know, bringing everyone together and actually having it work. Uh, I remember being really skeptical that it was going to happen. And and it just works really well as a movie. You don't have to watch a bunch of other movies to get it. It's just really, really enjoyable. Uh, and then Black Panther, I think, really changed what these movies are about uh, in some exciting ways. Uh, and then... Guardians is there, but I, Guardians is different because for me it was just a really well done movie as opposed to like now we're changing everything. Part of a, yeah, okay. I'll allow it. I mean, thank you. <laughs> and oh wait, Kristen, that was a little bit too kind to me, so I got to put this out there for Catherine so that she hates me. Um, I never finished Thor one because uh, I got really bored. Aww. I just got. Re- I'm okay with that. I just got real bored. It's okay. That's how I felt about the DCEU movies. It took me three times to get through uh, Man of Steel. So when y'all mentioned why, that earlier. Why did you do it? That's what I thought about. Academic responsibility? I was I was excited to see them try, but I mean, first off, I've got to be able to see the film on the screen. Just kidding. Too far. Too far. Was that a Zack Snyder dig? It was. It was. Oh, wow. It was a deep dig, too. Deep. Yeah, it was, I'm it glad was I got deep. it. I, have I just have some issues with... <laughs> With the way that DC has attempted, I think they've really given themselves a run for their money in trying to differentiate so much from what Marvel has built. And I think that a lot of the connectivity issues that we're seeing, they even have some really interesting um, rights in terms of like Catwoman, Batman, in terms of their show Gotham, because it's not connected to anything. 
but they're not allowed to say certain character names. Joker's one of them as well. So it's just some of those connectivity that fans seem to be screaming for, at least with Marvel. You see it, the same type of thing with Star Wars. Fans just want to see these characters cross over, and not just in film. They want to see it across media. They want to see Steve Rogers come into a TV show, come into a comic, which uh, Star Wars has been doing that quite a bit with their Rebels TV series and Rogue One. Oh, I thought you meant like Star Wars coming into Marvel, and I was like, oh, I didn't know no. that was a thing. Oh, y'all, have you not seen that Pat Oswalt video? Because it's amazing. Yeah, yes, like, yeah, from Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but have you seen the video? It all comes back to Parks and Rec. Yeah, the clip, right? Where he's, yeah, it's a, it's an episode of yeah. Parks no, and Rec, the, right? Is that what you're talking about? Or different? No, something different. no the eight-minute-long ten ten-minute diatribe. Yeah, but it's he, from, it's, it's, we're talking about the same thing, I feel he, like. No, yes. he, there was only like right? two minutes of it that was in Parks and Rec. Right, but I'm talking about the Parks and Rec show. You're talking about an, out, an outtake from Parks and Rec. So yes, we are yes, talking yes. about the same, same Same thing, thing yes. But I just want to make sure you've seen the eight-minute-long version. Right. It's animated. Yes. Okay. okay. Good. Great. Also, I was thinking but, of Parks and Rec with Catherine's like, oh, we have some connectivity issues. And it always makes me think of that time in the flu season <laughs> episode when Andy's like, Hey, Leslie, I typed your symptoms into the bar here, and it says you have a network connectivity problem. <laughs> it is hand down one of my most favorite Andy moments of all time. Improv by Chris Pratt. Of course. Everything really? that's genius by him is improv because he's amazing. Oh, Okay. God. Anything anyway. else uh, before we get out of here? Because I, th- I think we've run just about long enough. No. I think I feel cathartic now. I felt like I was bottling up a lot of things because – Right after I saw it, we saw it like Thursday night and there weren't a lot of people to talk about it with except for this like little group. And I keep wanting to talk about it with people and I keep wanting to tell people that they're being mean to Star-Lord. And so thanks for having me here to be able to vent all my feelings. (laughs) Yes. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you each. Thank you for listening. Earth just lost half of her best defenders. So we're here to fight. And if you want to stand in our way, we'll fight you too. Uh, And if you want to just connect with us, you can get us at OverthinkPod. Uh, on Twitter. Overthinkpod.com is our website. I am at Helm Street on Twitter. Where can people find each of you? Sean, what's your Twitter? I am at I'm I am Sean Thompson.com. Cool. Not, not dot com. Just at I am Sean. I, I was impressed with the special dot com in Twitter. I, I didn't at know you could I'm do Sean that. That's, that's cool. <laughs> uh, Kristen. Yeah, I just looked mine up. I was afraid you were going to ask nice. me. I am yeah. at, which is ridiculous because it's my name. I'm at Kristen underscore Lat. <laughs> oh, I thought that was going to be a hard thing to remember, but uh, yeah. So, and Catherine, and I'm an oddball. I actually do not have a Twitter. <laughs> what? That's fine. You should Anything get one. You'd like yes. uh, to connect the fans to. You should not get one. It's it's soul sucking and evil and awful. I'm sorry. Go on. But sometimes it's great. It's, I always like reading uh, interactions, so I'm always I'm always game to talk Marvel. It's one of my favorite topics, so that's why I was so excited when you asked me to come here today and talk about one of my favorite topics on a podcast. If people want to reach out to me, they're more than welcome to um, by email. We'll go old school, um, and that's at katherine.snitzer at gmail.com. You can also yes. reach her by Pony Express. At Catherine Snitzer. I don't know what the address looks like. Take a left at the third tree. Yeah. The third tree. Yeah. You got to change horses only twice. So you should be. Okay. 
Okay. So you set a bonfire yes. on top of this one mountain. Oh my gosh. You set a bonfire on <laughs> their mountains. You got it. You know what? All right. Got and, it. And, uh, I think that's about it. The beacon's uh, all lit. Gondor all. calls for aid. Sorry. What? <laughs> Gosh, what a bunch of nerds. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Uh, thanks, everyone. Great to have you. Adios. Bye. Nailed it. Bye. I don't want to brag, but that was pretty good. Thanks for listening to Overthoughts, a part of the Overthink Podcast Network. Uh, if you like what you heard, please subscribe to the Podcast Network. And if you're really feeling generous, go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes. That would really help us out in a big way. Uh, and would help us create more content to share with you as well. So, as always, you can check out our website at overthinkpod.com, and our handle is at overthinkpod pretty much everywhere else. So go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook, and that would help us by spreading the word. Uh, we're always interested in hearing from listeners, so please drop us a line and let us know what you think of the show. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, that kind of thing, uh, maybe even if you want to suggest uh, some topics for us to cover on a podcast, that'd be great. You can email us at overthinkpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for stopping by.